PewCast. Hello and welcome to the very first English edition of the PewCast, a podcast about film, TV and a lot of other things too. But let's be honest, most of all Star Wars, of course. Now, if you're a long-term listener, please don't be alarmed. I'm still Sasha. I'm still, you know, the host of this podcast. And this is just a one-time thing for now. We will not completely switch from German to English. But for a variety of reasons, I felt like this is a more appropriate introduction uh, to this interview. A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of attending the Norris ForceCon, a Star Wars convention in Germany. I went there alone, but really had all sorts of fun and felt right at home meeting some longtime online friends again and having, well, interesting discussions about our shared passion for Star Wars and One such conversation was with Mr. Paul Duncan, author of great books on films like The Godfather and James Bond. He also covered legendary artists like Stanley Kubrick or Alfred Hitchcock. But you probably guessed it. Our talk was about his amazingly detailed, and I got them sitting right next to me on a shelf here, simply humongous books on the Star Wars trilogies, the Star Wars archives published by Taschen. Now, next to J.W. Rinsler's Making Off books, I personally consider Mr. Duncan's work to be the definitive takes on the making of the greatest movie franchise ever made. Paul Duncan considers himself a historian in the way that he approaches these books, and that allows us to see these familiar productions through a refreshing perspective in a new light, thus uncovering hidden truths. And I especially love his work on the prequel trilogy, where he extensively explored how George Lucas not only, you know, no big deal, revolutionized digital cinema and filmmaking with these movies, but also how Lucas really had something to say. I was super excited to have had the opportunity of talking to Mr. Duncan on these topics, his process of writing these books, and I also asked him about potential future projects on Star Wars. I truly appreciate the time I was given. I think in the beginning we only agreed on a few minutes but ended up talking for almost half an hour. So my most profound thanks to Mr. Duncan. We recorded this in a small dark corner of a kitchen hallway in the uh, convention center. So the sound isn't too perfect, but I think it's still okay. And the inset that we're given here is so precious that we can, I think, absolutely ignore that aspect of the recording and uh, just enjoy what Mr. Duncan has to say. So thank you again and... Have fun. So, um, I really love your book, first of all. Your books, yeah, all yeah. of them, not just the Star Wars ones. Okay. But um, what I really, like sometimes I feel like what is forgotten is how much your books chronicle how George Lucas influenced or even created digital cinema. Sure. And what, what are your feelings on that, like having covered that aspect of it? Because now it's just everything, it's just cinema. And that was the beginning. Yeah, I think that people f forget that there was a beginning, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And they, they don't really realize um, how things were done and how the industry has changed. Yeah. Um, because now everything is digital. You know, people accept it. People growing up, uh, people your age and certainly younger, they think, well, everything's digital, everything's easy. It's um, I remember a time, for example, growing up, mm -hmm. where the only way to see a film was on television or at the cinema. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. You couldn't even record it. You know, what we used to do, and in fact, I was just talking with uh, uh, another writer here. Mm -hmm. Kevin Scott? 
Kevin Scott, yeah. When we were when we were kids, uh, we used to actually get audio tapes and record off the tele yeah, yeah. off the television. Yeah. You know, um, because that was the only way that we could re record or have a copy of something and relive it again. Yeah. Right. So now digital is available, and everything like this podcast and everything is digital. And I think that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do in the Star Wars Archives Volume 2, if you like. On the prequels, yeah. On the prequels, is I, uh, I realised well, when you're making a book, you have to find out what is the story. Mm. And as I was investigating, yeah. I realised that this was this, this very important story of how George put money into the development of digital in all aspects. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, so for example, um, you have an, uh, an image, uh, you're recording an image, you have to record it, it has to go into the camera, that camera then, um, uh, those images have to move into another state, mm -hmm. right, in order to be edited. Yeah. You have sound, which is digital, recorded digitally, added to the images. They have to be mixed together digitally, right? And then um, uh, it has to be projected digitally yeah. onto onto a screen. Okay? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Now, every every single aspect of that, yeah. the uh, pre-production, the production, post-production, and uh, exhibition, right? All of all, the, all of that technology was developed by George or around George. Yeah, it's amazing. So he pushed for that technology to happen. And remember, George is not Hollywood. He's an independent filmmaker. So in the first book you know, which is mm. all about the original trilogy. Yeah. Really, that book is about him becoming uh, from a filmmaker to an independent filmmaker, so where he could build up. Yeah. Uh, uh, he made enough money, right? He made enough money, yeah. But it's not making the money, it's spending the money. So, for example, the first check he got for American Graffiti, he put the $50,000 or, or have however much it was, down in order to rent the, uh, the facilities for ILM in mm -hmm. Burbank, mm -hmm. yeah? So it's, people forget that he was putting money down and he was spending the money, right, in, in order not to make money, but to just to have the tools, yeah? So he put the money into the development of editing software, um, uh, which he then uh, developed to a certain point, right? But it wasn't used within the industry. He used it on some of his early productions, like yeah. the Indiana Jones Chronicles, etc. Right. Um, edit Droid, and but then he sold that technology to somebody else, for somebody else to use and develop it, and to join their own. Yeah. So, and that's always the way with George, yeah. you know, he just wants the tool, if, if he can help make it, he will, if he can encourage somebody else to develop it, he will, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And also, in terms of, say, the cameras, for example, right, they developing it, he wanted episode one to be digital cinema, couldn't, couldn't quite get there in time. And on the second movie, uh, episode two, he arranged, uh, he did, uh, worked with Sony and with the lens. It's not just the camera, it's the lenses as well, that you need special lenses. Uh, to fit the cameras. Yeah. You've got the frame rate because digital cameras were set up for television. You know, they weren't set up for, for cinema, mm. which is 24 frames a second. So uh, and then he has to try to push the industry because the industry has standards. Yeah. So there's a lot of technical yeah. things, um, aspects to it. And I was discovering this as I was working yeah. on, on the book. So it was, a lot of it was very new to me. And once I became, uh, once I became more knowledgeable about it, and I started meeting people like Mike Blanchard, for example, who had to go around with Rick McCallum to try and get these things approved by the industry, they realized they couldn't get approval. And they had to go ahead without the approval of the industry. And they became the de facto leader, which everybody else then, right. then followed. Yeah. So there's a lot of tension on that. And um, Mike Blanchard was saying that they, they went ahead on episode two without knowing mm. whether it would be work. Um, they got it was a, a huge risk too. He uh, paid out of pocket for it all, right? Yeah, uh, he, pay, he paid for it, but also, they got 50 or 100 million dollars worth of development tech by other companies also gambling on this technology, right? But because George guaranteed that he would make this movie digital, mm -hmm. episode two, they said, okay, let's go with him. Right. Yeah. Um, enormous, enormous risk. And remember, at the end of it, they still had to do film out. They had to... Uh, the, the digital projection then had to, most of the cinemas were still film projection. So at the end of it, they had to print the film. Now, the difference is <laughs> that people forget, yeah. people forget that when you went to the cinema, right, you never saw the best prints. You always saw a duplicate print, which means it was third or fourth generation, right? Mm -hmm. And also, you don't know how many times it had been run before and how damaged it was. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to the cinema yeah, right, right. Right, and seeing how damaged it was, right? And what you were getting from a digital cinema was the first generation print. So you were getting the pristine print that the director had approved with the right colours and colour balances. Yeah, yeah. Every time you printed film, you know, the chemicals would react differently. You would get different colours, you know, so the balance may not be the same, yeah? Right. And in fact, they, what they used to do which I didn't know, again, this is stuff that you find out, is that with film, when they printed and developed it, mm. right, the, um, you would have color balance, etc. that was approved for, the, for one copy. They would copy that, make prints. Those prints that came out were never all the same quality. So they, they would have to check the quality. Yeah. They would grade them to say one, two, three, four, whatever. And then the, 
the cinemas with the best sound systems and the best cameras, because all the cameras were different. Some of the cameras dated back to the 1940s that were uh, some of the projectors that they were projecting. So those, so if you lived in a, you know, out in the back of nowhere, you know, it was worse than going, uh, the stuff that you saw on television, in terms yeah. of quality. It's a lot of work, it's a huge process. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of want to maybe ask you more about your process. Like, sure. for example, um, when you res researched the book, like, were there any uh, things you had to do, like Lucasfilm told you to do this or that, or were there any restrictions, uh, anything you couldn't ask or couldn't do? Um, and what were you interested most when you started your research process? Well, my interest, generally when I start on a book, right, I like, uh, I, I know nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Or I go in with a completely open mind, right? And I'm, what I'm looking for is for, I'm trying to find a story, right? What is all this information telling me? And often I will spend months researching and then it will suddenly dawn on me what the story is. So. For the second book, it's, it's about, what you just said, right? Yeah, yeah, it's digital cinema. Once I realised that, that that was, if you like, that's the structure of the book mm -hmm. that goes through it. There are other things because there's always the, the chronology, right? But then you want to shape that chronology in a way to tell a story, right? So digital cinema is the story, but on every story there's a subtext, there's another meaning, right? Uh, and so the other meaning is what is what George is talking about and what George is talking about is symbiotic relationships yeah so um, midichlorians yeah yeah but but it's not midichlorians that's an allegory you, these are all allegories yeah because they're about how you and I live in this world yeah. and how we get on for the benefit of all I really love the ending of your book when you go into detail about the politics and what it all means. Yeah. Right? Like how we have to have some sort of balance and just finding it together as a society. I really yeah. love that part. But, but, this, but this, the thing is that the talk, uh, because I talked with George, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it was over five days over, you know, for both weeks. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, and some of the things we talked about came from the first day, you know, the second book, you know, it's, it's sort of, because what we did was we, we talked, we had a conversation, you know, George says, oh, I don't want to question, he said, the very first thing he said to me, he said, um, I don't want uh, question and answer, I just want to have a conversation, right, so, so we sat down and we would talk, and I, I would, in my head, I would have certain topics of conversation, yeah. And like any conversation over the course of a day, right, mm -hmm. you're going to have lots, yeah. Yeah, and you, you're not going to know what to say, right, and you'll go completely off topic. Yeah. Um, and uh, and other times you get very intense. I mean, I remember one morning where the whole morning was just like a brilliant conversation mm -hmm. because we both hit our strides. Yeah, we were, we were both on a subject and we, we just took the subject wherever it went. Yeah. A lot of the conversation is just 
not pertinent to to the books. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. it's just about life. It's just, just getting to know him a little bit yeah. better, right? Yeah. yeah, but but not on a personal level. It's just about you know just how he thinks. Yeah, and, and it's just about life, about yeah. what's going on in the world and stuff like that. Uh, and then the, the stuff you talk about at the end, this came out of this whole idea of symbiotic relationships, yeah. and it was the natural progression about how do you apply. Um, what he's talking about and the lessons to the real world, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, our our future is not on another planet. No, you know, there Probably is no, not, no no, and and also, you know, we're not going to kill the planet. We're, we're going to kill us. The planet will survive. The planet has been here for millions, four billions of four years. Five billion, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long before us, and will survive long after us. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just there won't be humans, you know, at this at this rate. Uh, and this is what George is. This this is the serious message and the subtext of yeah. the of uh, of the book. So that's the. But this structure comes from from just doing the work, just being there and doing it, and then finding it and discovering it. And then having to edit uh, and understand that these threads have to follow through the book. Mm -hmm. So even though they may may not be hammered over the head, <laughs> you know, in, in the story, um, uh, they are there. They're all there. Does so, that answer your question? Sorry? Yeah, it yeah. does. Absolutely does. So George didn't really have a chance to finish his story, right? He thought he might have some influence in finishing his story on the midichlorians, like there are some leaks and some ideas of what he wanted to do with his sequel sure, trilogy. Sure. Like, will you get to finish the sequel trilogy at some point? Is there, there, there any... Are no, there are no plans for no it. No plans for it. But I, I think that normally what happens on these sort of things mm -hmm. is that you'll wait 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. and then people are ready to, to, do, right. to yeah. do books on it. There was yeah. the Rinsler book for The Force Awakens, I think, by J.W. Rinsler. He, was that? I think so. It was cancelled right before the release of the movie, yeah. Oh, so, I, sorry, I, I didn't no, no, follow that. I, I, I'm not uh, fact-checking, I'm just uh, telling no, no, you. No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, quite unfortunate. But I, I hope you get to finish it at some well, point. Well, I, I do as well. You yeah. know, it, it, it would be great, it would be great fun yeah. um, uh, to do it. But uh, It's just but, so but, diverse now, right? Like, uh, if you wanted to do uh, more books on more series, like you would have to interview so many people, and it's just not just George anymore, right? So, yeah, well, do you think it, something it, gets it, lost by this way? Like, like this way, do you think something gets lost about Star Wars? Well, gets lost. I don't think so because everybody. It's like anything, like say Doctor Who or James Bond yeah. or or any of these franchises. Or you know, now we have Game of Thrones and uh, Lord of the Rings, you know. That what happens is that just as George was influenced by Flash Gordon, the Republic serials, and mm. comics, and, uh, uh, and by avant-garde filmmakers, yeah? Right, yeah, in order to, to make what, what, what he made in Star Wars, right? There are going to be another generation and future generations Right, who are going to be influenced by these, uh, by these things, and it, like Kevin Scott, you know, and all the other writers doing the Highland Right, yeah. 
uh, and other filmmakers, Dave Filoni, Jean Favreau, um, and Deborah Chow, and everybody else, you know, these are all, these are the next generation of people, you know, and there are there is never just one person on, on these things, yeah. and I think that um, having all these different voices exploring all these different ideas uh, and adding some of their ideas to it, I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me see if I have more questions. Oh yeah, of course. Um, now after basically researching everything, right? No, I haven't researched Close. everything. More than most, right? So is there anything that really surprised you in the process or something where you were taken aback, like, oh, no one's heard this before or...? Oh, well, the thing is, it's like, um, there, was no, uh, there was no single moment. Mm -hmm. Right, there were multiple moments all, all the way through, and it, I, I can't really, yeah, I can't pick out one thing because what, what would happen is, I would, I would, uh, well, for example, uh, the very first day, right, I opened, I was in the archives um, at Skywalker Ranch, mm -hmm. uh, and they were showing me around, you know, just to explain where things are, etc. And they opened the drawer, and they said. Oh, um, when uh, when the concept de design department closed down uh, in the in the main house, right? Yeah. Uh, we just emptied the drawers, right? That were there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so in each drawer, we just put them what was there. Okay. Uh, in in these drawers. Right? Oh, wow. And so I opened the drawer, right? And you've got piles, you've got Eric Tiemann's pile, you've got Ian McCaig's pile, you've got, you know, uh, Ryan Church, you know, you've got all these great, great artists. They've just got, on top of each other. Just... No, no, well, they were side by side. I mean, okay. it was a very, very big draw. <laughs> and, uh, but they'd taken it out. And on top of uh, Eric Tiemann's, right, I, I just picked it out, and it was... Um, and as soon as I saw it, I realised this has to go in the book. I don't care how, I will make sure it gets in the mm -hmm. book. And basically, when he first met with George, George had said, uh, for the beginning of um, Revenge of the Sith, you know, seven battles on seven planets, right? And during the design meeting, yeah. you know, the, uh, uh, for, for that, uh, he had written out uh, uh, Eric... Mm -hmm. had drawn out these little thumbnails, you know, of ideas for battles for these okay, seven, yeah, seven yeah. planets, you know, on, on just these things. And that was, that was literally the first thing I picked up. And I thought, that was so cool. I, I, I had to be in there. But every single day was like that. You know, I was, I was there for months. How did, you, how did you decide which concept art photos or just images to use anyway like there's so oh, much it's just pain it's just <laughs> painful what the thing is you have to structure the book in a certain yeah. way right and once i decided because originally it was going to be one book with all six episodes oh, well, yeah right and at a certain point i said look we, we should do two books <laughs> right and then i had yeah, to get yeah. lucasfilm to agree to it and tashin to agree to it and uh, and then they agreed, luckily. And um, but it was the idea of separating the book 
or present, how do I present the book, the images, right? And uh, I decided to do it in plot order because people are familiar with the plot of the movie and that each time that you had a new concept, mm -hmm. I would show that design process, whatever. Then it became a matter of sorting all the images, right, uh, into those categories, right? And then, uh, not only images, but documents as well, right? And then from those, to include the bits that actually tell, told a story. Yeah. So, like, for example, um, uh, when Luke is uh, training on the Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. right, I found um, uh, not only the original, uh, the final still, so you've got final frame, I found the original uh, when they were uh, uh, shooting it, so without the, uh, uh, the lightsaber effects, yeah. etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then found a little chess, uh, them doing the, uh, the, the, the chess game, yeah. the, the, the game, Phil Tippett and uh, uh, Bergen Tippett doing that. And, uh, and then I found uh, the grid that had been used for the ball to track where the ball was, was going, the, the training ball was going to go. So uh, I found lots of other things, right? But those four, I decided, were the best four to put on that spread in order to tell that story. Yeah. Yeah? So it's different stories. Sometimes and it's about different crafts. Sometimes uh, we're in the middle of a kitchen here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but sometimes it's about... Um, certain crafts so you think oh this is a really good story mm. about stop motion yeah so that's what i'll include you know or emphasize on that spread those images sometimes um you, you want it's about um model building yeah how did they make the millennium falcon oh let's do it a step by step <laughs> yeah? yeah yeah you know from the design to the model and then the full size so they were actually making the model and the full size in um, in uh, uh, or half a full size in uh, in London uh, at the same time. Mm -hmm. So they were actually sending photos back and forth, right, of details in order for uh, the model. As they were doing the model, they would send the photos across <laughs> so that they could do it full size. And vice versa. And they had to get developed too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Damn. So it's, it's, you know, so that, so that those are the decisions that you make to make the book. And to, to answer your, your previous question, I, I had zero interference mm -hmm. from anybody. That's you, amazing. Yeah. You know, so, um, uh, I mean, I sent everything to George, to Lucasfilm, uh, all the images and all. And nobody, everybody understood that the way I was telling the story um, was the right way, because I am, or, or not the wrong way, <laughs> shall we say, uh, because I, I'm a historian, so I make no value judgments about anything that's happening. Um, I'm just explaining what happened based on all the documents that are presented in front of me. 
Yeah. yeah. So I don't add anything. I edit it in order to tell the story. And so, so this is why I'm, I'm a historian. I'm not a critic, or mm. I don't analyze. Yeah. Yeah. But I do analyze um, because because I, I talk to George about those, you know, the subtext, etc. Yeah. Well. You've done a beautiful job. Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you for these books, which I think really are the authority on the making of these two trilogies. So, um, again, thank you very much, Paul Duncan. And you still post stuff on, on Twitter, right? On yeah, at, at Kirscht, yeah. K-E-R-S-H-E-D, uh, and also on Facebook and occasionally on the Instagram. But right. It's mainly Twitter. Is it just stuff that made it into the book or just some other stuff you found doing the research? Well, it's mostly what's what's in the book, but uh, sometimes questions come up, and uh, I what you call yeah. add details, you know. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and occasionally I answer questions. Yeah, so. you've been you've kind of become like a source of knowledge for the fandom too. So I'm sure a lot of people think I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you.